brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Welcome, everyone, to the very first episode of Inside the Distance. I cannot be more excited uh, for this show. Special shout-out to Prez. Uh, you all know Prez. He was one of the first ones to push for the show. And a shout-out to Chris Allen, who uh, we wouldn't have the show without all the hard work of those guys. Um, Joe Ranieri? Mm. Uh, anyway, guys, <laughs> this this is going to be an amazing show. We put together a really great format for everybody. Uh, we didn't want the show to be where we come on and just break down every fight. There's a million shows out there. So we want to take a little bit different look at the UFC. Joining me, uh, two guys who I am so excited to be working with, Kyle Anthony from wagertalk.com and Matt Qualis from sportsmemo.com. Gentlemen, we're going to get right into it, and every week, we are going to go back to school and we are going to go to the classroom because we can't predict the future if we don't know what we learned from the past. So every week we're going to go and uh, just try and find out a little bit what we learned from last event. Kyle, I'm coming to you first. You're the professor. So uh, give us a little education and tell us what did you learn from the last event? All right, uh, first show, uh, first show, yeah. I, I blame Joe. Matt, we're, co Matt, yeah. we're coming to you first. God, Matt, we're coming to you first. Matt, what did we learn? Yeah. Wait, now he's caught up. Oh, now, now he's caught up. Oh, my God. What did we learn? Don't let Joe be in charge of production. Uh, Kyle, tell us, what did you learn from the last event? Well, hey. First show, there's always going to be these types of things, right? But the thing I learned last week was that Cyril 
on as a chin. This was something that I think a lot of people kind of overlooked in certain spots. We all know how amazingly good he is. Footwork, you know, distance management, the way that he just can kind of move around, unlike any other heavyweight, pretty much no other heavyweight moves that way. Um, and what I always thought kind of his kryptonite was, was really forward pressure, just heavy forward pressure. And the fact that Tai Tuivasa is going to die on his shield. He's going to go out there and push and guys like, you know, Junior Dos Santos, who old, who he knocked out, uh, even Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis is a guy that heavy puncher, but didn't really do anything the entire time, never really pushed the pace. Even Rosenstruck, another guy who kind of sat at distance. This was a war, and this was something that a lot of people kind of didn't really think. I had, I did have a little sprinkle on the, the knockout for Tai Tuivasa, plus 725. Love the number there, but um, there was a moment there was a very brief moment where he looked like maybe he was going to get it done. But not only that, I really like the fact that even in other parts of the fight, big uppercuts, a lot of things, he was taking them. I thought that Gan looked fantastic there. And it really sets up for some nice fights coming up for him against Nganu or even he's going to fight Curtis Blades. But the chin of him really showed big moment. I thought, like he said, if I dink him, I sink him. I don't know. It didn't happen, but uh, great fight and credit to him. I thought he was. I thought he was down when uh, Tuivasa caught him that one time. I thought, oh my gosh, here we go again with another upset uh, in a main event. Matt, coming to you. What did you learn? What was your biggest takeaway from last event? Yes, sir. So I do think it's important. I love this this classroom section just because it's always important to take things away from the previous fight. And for me, I took a lot away from the Robert Whitaker and the Marvin Vittori fight. And starting with Robert Whitaker, just because, you know, he lost to Israel Adesanya twice in a row. For me personally, I was kind of wondering where his head was at after losing to Adesanya twice. And even watching that fight back against Adesanya, my goodness, was that close. But what I took away from Robert, Robert Whitaker is there are levels to this game, okay? Someone like Marvin Vittori is very strong, raw, forward pressure, good grappling game. But Robert Whitaker did an amazing job at keeping distance, incorporating outside leg kicks, inside leg kicks. He's so good at gauging that distance and applying pressure when it's needed. And then as for Marvin Vittori, he's someone that, I'm kind of labeling him as somewhat of a gatekeeper to the top three right now. You know, someone like Robert Whitaker or even, you know, someone like Jared Cannonier, I expect him to take down Marvin Vittori going forward. He's just someone who's, he's kind of a brute. He's strong, but stylistically, he's not that great. And then in addition to that, looking at Vittori's chin, my goodness, can that guy take a blow? You know, he faced Paulo Costa, didn't get knocked out either. So going forward, I'm really going to be eyeing the Marvin Vittori decisions, okay? And that's very similar to Robert Whitaker, but Marvin Vittori and that chin and just his style of fighting, going forward within the UFC for whoever he faces next, I'm definitely going to be looking at that decision first. Great stuff from Matt Koalas. Um, yeah, I, it's it's certainly true. I mean, boy, Vittori can take a punch. Um, I, I think it was a, a pretty easy call that Whitaker was going to uh, get it done against him. I didn't know if we were going to see it in that dominating fashion. Um, what did I learn? Well, from a betting perspective, we keep seeing these debutantes that struggle. And there were two of them in particular. Gabriel Miranda was one of them. I had a pretty big bet against him with uh, St. Denis, uh, which cashed out a parlay. And we saw Miranda was good at the beginning, but then it just, 
these guys, they just get a, a little nervous. They go a little bit too hard, too fast to start off. And then Miranda quickly got tired. He actually caught St. Denis several times, uh, but St. Denis overwhelms him. But then the other guy, uh, listen, I got burned on him, uh, Figlock. I had him over uh, Ziam, and it just goes to show even Ziam, who's really struggled uh, at the UFC level, his kickboxing was on point. Uh, he was just better and more aggressive. And you can just tell once the fight started, when you did the film on Figlock, uh, his, his performance just, it wasn't up to UFC standards and he got dominated pretty easily as a minus 195 minus 200 favorite. I certainly got burned on Figlock and I just got to be careful with these debutantes moving forward. Um, sometimes the UFC is just a little bit too much for him. The speed is a little bit too much and, uh, even being a half step slow, it's going to get you in trouble. And also a uh, low volume betting, uh, keeps working well for me. Uh, I, I have one, maybe two picks every card. Uh, I just play my absolute most confidence ones. And over the years, I've just learned that it ends up helping the bank rolls a little bit more. So um, for me, when I go into event uh, one, two at the most plays um, uh, for me. So there we go, guys. That's uh, that's the first trip to the classroom. We uh, learned about the durability of Cyril Ghosn. Uh, we learned about the uh, technical work of Whitaker and the durability of Vittori. Uh, be careful with the debutantes. Guys, we're going to do a segment called Fights we want to watch and this fights to watch. This could be because uh, maybe there's a betting line that interests us. Maybe there's a lot of trash talk. Maybe there's a good stylistic matchup. This is just a, a fight that we are interested in watching. Matt, I'm going to come to you first. Give us your fight that you're very interested to watch this week. All right. And Andy, everything that you said, I think this fight has. And this is Kevin Holland against Daniel Rodriguez. And stylistically, this is what the fans want. I don't think either guy is really going to try for many takedowns or even press against the cage all that much. Yes, Daniel Rodriguez does have a forward style of fighting, but Kevin Holland has a seven-inch reach advantage here. So I think that's going to keep Daniel Rodriguez at bay. And this is going to be one of those fights where they're just in the center of the octagon, majority of the fight, just banging it out. And then in addition to that, these two have uh, had a chance to fight before, but Daniel Rodriguez has had some injuries in the past. He's coming off a year layoff, broke his hand. And because of that, you know, sometimes that stirs a little bad blood, like you've been ducking me, you haven't want to fight me, whatever. So I think that adds to it as well. And then again, stylistically and the lines, I think there is some value here. And this is one of my picks on Sports Memo, so I don't want to go too deep into it. But I do think some of the lines in this card with Kevin Holland are pretty valuable going forward. Don't get me wrong. Daniel Rodriguez is somewhat of a slept-on fighter because of his layoff. He's 16-2. and two. He's had some good fights in the past. But I do like the, the Kevin Holland odds here, and you got to check that out. Uh, I have a play up on sportsmemo.com right now. Kyle, uh, this is a fight we're all pretty interested in watching. Uh, give it to us, Tony Ferguson and Jing Lang. Why is this a uh, fight that you have circled as one you want to watch? Well, one thing's for sure. We all love Tony, right? We all love Tony. You know what I mean? He's a legend. He's a kooky guy outside of the, you know, wacky guy outside of the cage, in cage, unorthodox. And that's kind of been the way that he's been able to find a lot of success over the time, you know, being a very, unorthodox but the thing about him right now is he's 38 years old like, like like let's you know this it's it's one to watch but he's 38 years old and a big part of this also that is interesting to watch is the fact that he is moving up to welterweight so normally over time 
it doesn't pan out well. I don't care if you're going up weight, down weight, whatever it is. Normally, when you're at the end of your career, you're not having success. You're trying to get you know get away from the boogeyman, and you're trying to say, hey, maybe it's this weight class, maybe it's this this spot, whatever it may be. It just it, it never really pans out. Now he's coming off a brutal, brutal knockout loss over uh, against. Uh, against Chandler and a lot of people are kind of hanging their hat on that one little shot that Ferguson kind of clipped him and he fell but it was kind of like he was stepping backwards and it all kind of happened at the same time everyone was kind of really getting whoa this is a big moment you know he did land some decent shots but overall it was not that great of a performance I mean if you even saw the very beginning he was trying to do some of these uh you know, those spinning moves and these things and that that weird unorthodox style. He almost was out of rhythm himself before anything even happened. He was kind of tiptoeing around it. And then Chandler kind of just went in for the kill. He was looking for the kill. I think that's also what allowed him to get hit. But now you're going up a power puncher in Lee who definitely can crack. And he is a true welterweight. Now, the, the issue here is going to be that we've seen him against Muslim Salikov, which was his last fight. A great fight for Lee. This was a fight where you're fighting the king of kung fu. This is a stand-up striking fight. And Lee looked great. I thought he looked really good. Now, Lee is 34. And, uh, you know, he's you're looking at 38, 34, thinking, hey, 30s. Lee does have anywhere near the that Good stuff from Kyle Anthony there. Uh, <laughs> he does have <laughs> most of, really when he's on top of them, the smothering, and that's the kind of stuff that someone like Neil Magny would do. I don't see that Ferguson's going to do any of that. He's definitely not going to be bringing that. He's going to also look to trade though. So um, this is a spot here where I'm looking at, and I think the knock is a great spot. I think Lee gets the job done. It's plus. I think it's a spot where it's going to be going to land a big shot and Ferguson's going to be there and he's going to be a willing dance partner. So uh, I think that Lee goes out there and gets the knockout plus one sixty is a good price. I mean, I, we got a, uh, it's, if this was a horse race, it'd be Tony Ferguson and Cody Garbrandt neck and neck. Who's got the glassiest <laughs> chin right now in, in UFC. <laughs> so. I was laughing. Right. I was I was I was going over the lines <laughs> laughing at Cody Garbrandt, a minus two fifteen favorite against uh Ronnie. <laughs> so <laughs> have fun Jeez. laying that juice out not there. Not against anybody. <laughs> yeah, not no, against anybody. <laughs> no. Oh man. Uh all right. For my fight, I'm interested to watch. I'm gonna dive a little deep here and I'm gonna take a look at Darian Weeks and Yo Johan uh Linnais. I I, the reason I want to bring this fight up is both these guys are fighting for their UFC career. And I thought I had a great read on uh, Lanes last time when he fought Gabe Green. I'm a big Gabe Green fan. And uh, Lanes is pretty easy to figure out. He's got a lot of power. He can grapple for about a round and a half. And then his cardio just falls off the face of the planet. I made a nice size bet on Gabe Green last time because I thought Green could weather the early storm, and sure enough, Green did weather the early storm. Lanes had nothing left and got uh, knocked out at the end of the second round. And now he's fighting Darian Weeks, who is coming off of two losses. These are not bad losses, though. Uh, went the distance and lost a decision to Barbarena, and then uh, lost in Ireland to Ian Gary. Uh, unanimous decision, but he bloodied up Ian Gary. That was that, And his cardio was fantastic. 
I'm interested in this because I think this could be an amazing live bet situation. If uh, Linnaeus does not get the knockout in the first round, take a hard look at Darian Weeks because uh, he is going to be able to push Linnaeus up against the fence. He's going to win those clinch battles. And uh, if Johan does not get a t- get a takedown in the sub or does not get the knockout, he's not going to win a decision. And this is Darian, Darian Weeks' fight uh, to take. I think it's a great live betting opportunity. Um, and I think uh, the, this guy's UFC's futures are on the line here. So Darian Weeks and uh, Johan uh, are, are, is my, uh, my fight I'm very interested to watch. So, All right, gentlemen, we are going to move to the main event. We got to break down the main event and give the people what they want. A phrase I never thought I would say, Chimaya versus Diaz is going to be your, your main event. It's, it's a strange one. So, uh, Matt, let's go to you first. Uh, how are you going to look at this Chimaev versus Diaz? How do you break it down? Um, we've got fascinating fight history for both of these guys. A huge favorite on Chimaev, obviously. What do you think of this main event? How do you see it playing out? Yeah, for starters, when you when you look at what the UFC did to Diaz and Ferguson, like you know, they're vets. They're not doing them any favors here on this UFC card. But when when breaking this one down, I believe that this is another fight that's going to stay up the majority of the fight. And I think it's just more so because Kamzat Chimaev can take it wherever he wants. And I think he wants to prove a point here and keep this fight standing with Diaz. You know, Diaz is known for his cardio over the years, but with every age, going off Kyle's point uh, earlier, with every year that you age, your percentage of winning goes down. And with every age that you go up, your percentage of getting knocked out goes up. So the odds aren't with Diaz very like right now all that well. And again, I think Chimaev is going to push the pressure. Uh, Diaz doesn't even have the power anymore to knock the lights out in my eyes. So for me, I think Kamzad is going to keep this standing the majority of the fight. If he has to, he can push it to the fence and uh, mix in some grappling exchanges. We know how he loves the elbows, the knees. Honestly, my biggest worry is Nate Diaz and all the scar tissue that he's built up around his face. When you look back at the Jorge Masvidal fight, that was a peak because of a doctor stoppage, just simply because of how much blood had occurred and how bad his cut got. I could see the same exact thing happening in the Chimaya fight. So I think it benefits Kamzat to keep this standing up and not take it to the ground. I mean, if he wants to take it to the ground, I think he could, and I think he could potentially submit Nate. But I think he wants to be the fan favorite. He likes having all the fans behind him. He loves the cameras. So I think he wants that uh, that knockout that's just going to shock the world. Is scar tissue one of the top five things you think about when you think of, of Diaz? I swear, that's like one of the first things that they bring up in a fight. Like, oh, the scar tissue. I mean, it is true. He, he gets punched once, and all of a sudden it looks like he ran head first into yeah. a wall. Uh, so yeah. I get it. Uh, Kyle, talk to us. What are, you, uh, what are you thinking with this main event? Uh, no way you're laying the minus 1170 or uh, whatever book you have it on. But what do you think happens in this fight? The first thing here is it's a very different fight week. This is not a Nate Diaz trash talk, how, you know, his bo- you know his boys are with him, but the, you know, all of the big hype behind it, how he's going to be, doesn't care, all these things. And you're hearing now, it's just, even in the, the, the last press conference, it's kind of like, I didn't really want this fight. I, I still don't really want this fight. Um, you know, prior to that, it was, I want the big names. I want the big names. I could argue that Shemaev is probably 
the biggest name behind some champions. I mean, you know, it's pretty much he's up there. So it's just weird. I mean, obviously, it's it's not a great sim. I mean, even his own fans who are like, you know, it, it went to he's a gangster, he's a gangster to now it's like, please don't hurt him. You know, it very much changed. The, the tone has definitely changed. But if you look at really what Nate has done, you know, he got absolutely obliterated by Masvidal in the BMF. I mean, he got, I mean, if, and, and even with Edwards, I mean, Edwards beat him up. It probably, if Edwards had a little bit more of a pace, he probably would have finished him earlier. And, you know, in the first and second round, he was already battered up. He just took his time. He, he has no sense of urgency, even when he's winning, even when he's losing. We saw against Usman, he still had no sense of urgency. That's a different thing that's going to be happening here. Chimaev is going to have every single advantage probably possible. Strength, shaking, really what? Maybe the cardio, but this fight I don't think is going there. Even if you look at how um nate diaz has been even against leon edwards he's scurrying around the edge he's not really you know yeah he'll get in there and a finger or a slap or two but is he really being technical is he adding any value in the fight not really so i think chamayev is out here he is absolutely looking for a beat down um and even to matt's point here uh i i would say that the, the if you can bet via doctor stoppage, I could absolutely see that happening because he is going to go out there, beat the crap out of him, and it's going to be very, very tough for Diaz to, you know, to just give up. So it may be he stump, they drag his body over to the corner and they say that's it. So I really think a knockout is very highly here. You're getting off the big number. I like uh, right now. Uh, I got it at minus one twenty. It's now at minus one thirty. It's still a great number and over five rounds. I don't think he's going to submit. Going to submit him. That's probably his path. Nate's path is is some crazy submission. So I think he's going to batter him up. I think it's going to be early, but I like the knockout uh, minus one twenty, minus one thirty, uh, depending where you're shopping. Oh, what a great prop. <laughs> stop by Dr. Stop. Not TKO. A doctor can has I, to step can in. I bet, <laughs> can I bet he's just getting dragged to the corner at some point? Like, can I bet that? <laughs> yes, you can. Is there yes, some off-board bucks? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, the under one and a half rounds is plus 125. Uh, over two and a half middle fingers, uh, very highly juiced. We expect to see <laughs> a few a few of those uh, in there. So you always have to have Diaz on the pay-per-view. So uh, shout out to ESPN uh, okay. for charging us a, a monthly subscription fee and then the pay-per-view fee and showing commercials at the same time. Shout out to those guys. Uh, how, <laughs> how big's your yacht got to be? Uh, so um, I, I, I look at this one. I'm confused by Chimaev because, you know, against Burns, it seemed like he really, really wanted to stand and get a full fight in with, with striking. And, yeah, he won it, but it was 29-28. And uh, you look at Chimaev's fight history – not exactly a murderer's row of fighters here. I mean, we got John Phillips, uh, Rise McKee, Gerald Mearshart, and then, you know, uh, Li Jing Lang. But that, that was a short notice fight, I believe. And then Gilbert Burns. So it's not like this guy's been beating the who's who. Um, that being said, uh, it, it, Nate Diaz, I did love how he said, like, well, they wouldn't give me, like, Poirier or Conor McGregor or, like, you know, all these big name guys. So they give me <laughs> Shamayev and it's like, man, Diaz, like calm down, like fight somebody you got a, a, a chance at. So um, I normally don't bet main events. Uh, the only way I would bet this one is maybe inside the distance. 
uh, by Chimaev. Uh, I don't think he wants this to, I don't think he wants to go the distance. I think that would be a pretty big notch in Diaz's belt to just take mm-hmm. this thing the distance. Right. So, uh, um, anything under, I'm pretty surprised that the, the rounds prop that they have is one and a half. Um, I guess I would lean over on, on one and a half, but, uh, not go the distance Chimaev, uh, inside the distance is how I would play this one. So, all right, gentlemen, we have uh, three quick topics here. What we have done is uh, assigned topics to each one of us. One of them is going to be the parlay buster. This is the fight that everyone's going to put in their parlays that's going to get them in trouble. One of them is a fight where we have to predict it to go the distance or not go the distance. Then we're going to take a look at a fight that is heads up, money line, minus 200 or less. Uh, Kyle, I'm coming to you. You were assigned the distance fight. So give us a fight that you're looking inside the distance or fight to go the distance. What do you got for us? I'm going to be talking about, uh, Kevin Holland versus Daniel Rodriguez. I think this is actually going to be a great fight. I matched a couple things already that definitely went a little bit too. And it's going to be a striker's delight. I think it's going to be a stand-up battle. I think you're going to be striking. But to his point before, the seven-inch reach advantage is so massive. And I think each fight, Holland is getting used to really – he's getting better and better at just kind of utilizing that, having the front kick, keeping range. You know, he's definitely been – that's someone like Rodriguez. Great. He fights behind his jab. Great boxing. He's a little bit slower when it comes to his footwork, and, and that's the kind of thing. But I think the big issue – really here is going to be a kind of a, I don't think it's going to be a broad. I think it's going to be kind of like a cat and mouse kind of game where you're going to have Holland on the outside, utilizing his range, utilizing his jab. And then the other side, you're going to have, you know, the the big issue is him cutting that distance and he's going to have to wildly throw. He's going to have to try to do that. I don't really think you're going to see much takedowns here. I mean, unless somebody gets a little crazy, but neither of them are good off of their back. And I think it's going to be competitive. I think it's going to be a very competitive fight between both of these guys. I think that's going to make this fight have legs where you're not going to be able to have the guy just go in there and brawl. He's going to be standing on the outside. Great footwork also by Holland. So you give Holland some footwork, that range, and you just have somebody like Rodriguez, who's definitely getting up there and uh, kind kind of following him around round i think this goes the distance i think i it will go the distance because again all of those reasons and the fact that you're getting some nice plus money here uh plus 140 on going the distance i like the spot um and again i don't think this is going to be a brawl and if anybody does get a takedown i think they kind of stay there i don't really think any of them are that good at it even though uh, holland got a submission recently i i kind of throw that one as a eh, kind of thing but i really think this is going to be a close fight competitive if you're looking for a side i would maybe be looking at rodriguez uh we're talking about money line but i like it to go the distance uh plus 140 is a good number there so uh that's gonna be the play kyle coming in hot with a nice plus money play on our official distance play of the week kyle you're coming off a fantastic four percent winner uh winner on whitaker via points i thought that was just a fantastic pick i never would have even thought of looking at whitaker that way uh but nice job and you've got your four percent plays up on wagertalk.com matt coming to you you got the heads up money line minus 200 or less play what do you like this week at that is minus 200 or better all right so what i like this week at minus 200 or better kind of going back to what kyle said and i'm going with the Kamzat ko tko at minus 135 just look before the show still at minus 135 but i was kind of surprised at the value there and i know a lot of it is because 
Uh, Kamzat will submit people. You know, there, he has different variations of outcomes that can occur. But like we talked earlier, I really think he's trying to make a statement here. Um, if Diaz were to make this a decision uh, or take him to the decision somehow, I think that's a win for Diaz. So Kamzat wants to come out. He wants to get this knockout. And again, reiterating what I said before, I do think Dr. Stoppage is actually in play for Nate Diaz. And then in addition to that, they were driving <laughs> yeah, if there's odds on Dr. Stoppage, I would love to see that. But in addition to that, Diaz is 37 now. He is 37. Like, that's getting up there in age. Kamza is 28. He is in his prime. The only thing that you might maybe give Diaz is cardio. But, I don't know, Kamza's been pretty good with it as well. So it's really tough for me to give Diaz an edge anywhere. And, again, I think the minus 135 price tag is pretty good. And then if you're even a little worried about that, the point, the double chance, the points or TKO, TKO is minus 200 right now. So if you want a parlay builder or something along those lines, I think that's relatively safe. The only thing that I could potentially see happening is Kamzat catching Nate, he turtles, and he gets him in a rear naked choke or something along those lines. Other than that, I see the KO, TKO from Kamzat and minus 135, I think that's a pretty good price. Love it. Matt is going with uh, Chmaev TKO at minus 135 for our heads up money line play minus 200 or less. I have been assigned uh, to give the parlay buster. This is a play that people are going to put in their parlays and you're asking for trouble. Uh, gentlemen, hmm. you're insane if you put Jake Collier in a parlay at minus 400. <laughs> Jake Collier is not minus <laughs> 400 at all. <laughs> Ever. Now, listen, I'm no Chris Barnett. I mean, I love Chris Barnett, the personality, and, and Chris Barnett, uh, you know, the, the, the person. But uh, let's just say I went heavy on him to not beat uh, Badai in his last fight. Uh, I don't think Barnett is a, a UFC caliber fighter, to be honest with you. And But that being said, Jake Collier is better, but he's not minus 400 better. I just think – I think you're asking for trouble when you – you know some of these lower tier heavyweight fights. I I, I think you're, you're there's way better plays. Um, so please do not put Jake Collier at minus four hundred in your parlays. Minus two hundred. Okay, yeah, I, I think you might be able to convince me uh, that it's worth throwing in there. But anything at minus four hundred uh, or high, no, no, thank you. So, uh, all right, guys. So just a quick recap here. Uh, Kyle's distance play loves a great price there on Holland and Rodriguez to go the distance. Uh, Matt recommends Chimaev uh, via TKO as our play. That is minus 200 or less. And I am recommending to stay away from Jake Collier in those parlays at minus 400. All right, gentlemen, uh, you can find Matt Koalas at sportsmemo.com. Matt, uh, you got your best play up right now, correct, on sportsmemo.com? Yes, that is correct. And I'll be adding another UFC play with the prelims, actually. Beautiful. Uh, Kyle, you've got your plays that's up on wagertalk.com right now, correct? Yeah, I got uh, two 4% plays. I actually rarely do it hard. Uh, really like both of these spots. I'm probably going to have about four or five plays all together. I'm ready to go, man. 
Great. Uh, I'm Andy from wagertalk.com. My best bet is up right now. You can go ahead and grab that. Gentlemen, thank you so much uh, for uh, joining me on Inside the Distance, Episode 1. Always fun. We will be here every Thursday breaking down the UFC events. Uh, For myself, Andy Lang, Kyle Anthony, and Matt Wallace. thanks everyone for joining. We will see you next week on Inside the Distance. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.